Hello and welcome to Locked on Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me, guys, on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. Do not forget the underscore. No Instagrams, no TikToks for me. Straight up Twitter. It's the only way to be. Friday episode of Locked on Marlins. And it is pregame before the Marlins roll into Atlanta. Three-game series coming up. And this is the Braves-Marlins series preview. And I have one of my good friends along for the ride, Bob Bamba of Braves UK. Bob, how are we doing? Hey, Ira Moen, you weren't polished at this game. You've changed, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm good. It's 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 Friday evening. Uh, the Braves are back at home, which is nice. Mm. Uh, yeah, looking forward to talking some baseball. 100%. I haven't sold out, by the way, so let's just call that out. <laughs> <laughs> Selling, I believe, is the correct term. Yes, uh, there'll be there'll be one or two ads sprinkled in this one for sure, but uh, welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is a different yeah. platform for us. Uh, I mean, wh- why did it take so long? But well, we don't have time. That's the point. We can't do two hours, apparently, I'm told. We've got 30 minutes, hit our cues, and then leave. But that's all right. That's exactly it. So without further ado, the Bravos, um, just try and summarise for me, how, how has it been the first two weeks? Um, I mean, there's, you know, the the, the the opening series ended up being the, um, or the opening week ended up being at Truist. So whereas it would have been that it played a, a series on the road and then and then come to Truist and done all the World Series stuff. Mm. That was how it started. Um, on the field, it's been fine. Like, I, I don't think you, you can say perpetually that like, well, we were slow last season, therefore we can afford to be slow every year going forward. I think the reality is most Braves fans are still celebrating last October. Um, So yeah, like on the pitch, it hasn't been brilliant, but we've been fine. Um, And yeah, I'm pretty happy. Who's been hot? Uh, Matt Olsen. Uh, (laughs) He he certainly has. He's been scorching. um, A a, a man formerly of this parish, Marcelo Zuna. Um, mm-hmm. Max Freed, Max Freed has had a, a, a brilliant start in, in Los Angeles. Um, so a few guys, like there's there's a few guys that haven't quite got the message that spring training finished three weeks ago yet, but that kind of explains the record. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's the, the, the offensive core of, uh, of Olsen, Riley and Ozuna has been really nice and the pitching's been pretty good although we've had a we've had like more blowouts than we should have done by this Mm. by this point in the season but on the whole a few good standouts it's just getting everyone else up to the level of you know mid-may june regular season action i think for sure listen the the key news you know i'm glad you mentioned that's why i asked who was hot because i wanted you to mention matt olsen and he has started he's been scorching no doubt i want to just get your take on the general overview of this first base situation freddie freeman contract expires and effectively um, ends up signing with the Dodgers, but that's I guess not before the the Braves announce a big time trade um, for Olson, and then the other one they drop the big news of the extension too. So it was a it was a trade and extend move for Olson. What is he six years younger than Freddie Freeman? Gets the gets a big payout. But what's your general assessment as a Braves fan? You know, listen, Freeman's been a big part of that team. Was big part of the World Series run as well. Just what's the emotions like as a Braves fan there, seeing Freeman disappear and obviously Olsen coming in? I mean, Freeman looks pretty odd in Dodger Blue. He does. That, that, he one, does. that one's going to take a while. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think it ever dawned on me that the possibility that we, we'd find out about Olsen before we found out about Freeman. Mm. Like, I think in my mind, it was like, we well, either sign Freeman or when that doesn't work, you then get Matt Olsen. So it was kind of like a shock to the system when Jeff Passon tweets at half past five or whatever it was our time 
um, the Braves was trading for Matt Olson. It was like this surprise of, oh, great. And then you remember, well, I mean, we ain't, we ain't bringing Freddie Freeman into DH, right? I mean, he's done. Um, so, I mean, look, Freddie was the, a Brave forever, right? Um, and it was the, the fairy tale ending for the guy that, you know, signed the big long extension and then 18 months later found himself in, in the middle of a full on rebuild. Mm. Um, he'll be a legend for life. I don't think that's going to change. Um, but look, double A did what he felt he had to do. And I think the majority of Braves fans kind of got it. Mm. Um, the stuff came out on ESPN about, um, how Freeman's agent handle it. And, and I think, you know, you, you've got to be wary of, of reading too much into Twitter, but I think, the, there was a portion of people that went, ha ha, it's really funny. Freeman got his. I think most people probably went, I kind of get it now. I see what happened. It does look like Freeman side overplayed his hand, but look, Matt Olson's really good. I've, I've been a big fan of Matt Olson for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's going to be really good for the Braves. So in the end, it worked out just in a very roundabout way. Yeah. My summary is I believe the Braves on the field may have upgraded at first base. Like, I actually feel like they've somehow upgraded. And um, I think it's, you know, strip it all away. And it's the kind of clubhouse, the off-the-field stuff. It's hard to replace Freddie Freeman, I think, on that on that front. But, you know, Olsen's an absolute stud. He's younger. You know, it just, the from a baseball operations perspective, it makes so much sense. Like, you just kind of strip it away. It looks like a great deal. And they've played it well, I think, in my opinion. I mean, it looks like the Oakland Oakland uh, A's have got a good deal as well. Christian Pache started hitting as well. He's scorching. What's happened yeah. to Pache? He couldn't hit oh. anything in uh, in Atlanta. All of a sudden, he's he's you know new fan favorite for <laughs> the Oakland A's. Three thousand of them. There's there's nothing wrong with a trade that works out really well for both teams, and yeah. and this might be one of them. And Shay Langoliers is a name that I think is going to be. Mm. Um, on the lips of people that follow baseball, I think pretty soon. But no, it, it's a weird situation. Olsen's really good. And I, there was like, you know, you talk about replacing Freeman with Olsen. I can't remember exactly what stat it was. I think it was OPS plus. But in like the Frangraphs projections for 2022, the player projections, I think there are only two hitters projected for 140 OPS plus. There were guys projected for more, not many, but there were some. There were two guys projected for that rating, and it was Freeman and Olsen, and they were the only two. So they're a different kind of player. Olsen's got more power. Freeman's going to you know, do other things. Freeman's got, probably going to hit for a better average. It's probably going to level out over the course of the season. Their production is going to be exactly the same. So in that sense, it, it's quite neat. I'm with you. Uh, one final bit of housekeeping just on this topic and Freddie Freeman I wanted to ask you about is the uh, Ronald Acuna Instagram Live where he was honest, I would say very honest in his, um, you know, giving everyone, I guess, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain or into the clubhouse of his feelings and his, his relationship with Freddie Freeman. What was your take on that one? Um, I mean, it's not a huge surprise. I mean, there was that... Um, that there were a few incidents. I mean, I think some of it was doing when, when he got plunked by the Marlins. There were other things where I mean, that, that could be any no, series, though, yeah, Bob. You need to be no, more specific. No, no comment. Um, you know, and then there was the game against the Dodgers in 2019 where Acuna did run out a double. You know, Snicker pulled him from the game, and then mm. um, and I think you know there were comments Freeman made during that postseason 
which were a little bit weird as well, given that you know, Freeman wasn't hitting and Acuna was. I don't know, like I, I, whether some of it was taken out of context. I don't, I don't know. I didn't pay this story too much attention. Look, I suspect when Freeman rocks up in in Atlanta, whenever the Dodgers are playing, I think him and Ronnie are going to be just fine. I'm with you. I agree. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get into uh, as well who is not hot. Uh, we've we've got into the the guys that have been scorching, and also we're going to get into some pitching matchups in advance of this three game series. It looks intriguing for sure. Uh, before we get there, reminder: this episode is brought to you uh, in part by Built Bar. And guys, here's the question for you: Have you tried those puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs, first ever protein infused marshmallow. Yep, a protein infused marshmallow, fluffy, marshmallowy. Not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Covered in 100% real chocolate. All built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including those puffs. Guys, if you're liking what you're hearing, get yourselves over to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15, that's LOCKED15, to get 15% off your order. And this episode is also brought to you by BlueNile.com. It's a new one. It is. And who are BlueNile.com? Well, they, well they're an online jeweler. And you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating a custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewellery piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweller. So, are you looking for fine jewellery but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile is jewellery experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. This Mother's Day, give mum something she'll treasure forever with fine jewellery from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off any 500 buck purchase or more. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. And every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. How was that, Bob? It's all right. <laughs> like I say, you've changed. No, yeah. no further comment. <laughs> All right. So we know who's who's absolutely scorching hot. Uh, I didn't get to ask you about Ozuna actually. So I did, let's before we get into maybe who hasn't started as quickly as maybe you'd, you'd like. Talk to me about Marcel Ozuna. Obviously, wasn't on the field in twenty one. Um, he is now back. Uh, more broadly, uh, how, how's how are the fans taking to him? And secondly, what's his role? Is he DHing? Is he outfield? What's he doing? Yeah. I... I don't want to go too much into the Ozuna thing. I think we can break breach it a little bit. Like we could be here for a long time otherwise. <laughs> um, it seems like a lot of people made up their mind when the first report came out, and it seems like like there was something there, but not quite as much as what was initially reported. Mm. I, I, I'll I'll say I, I trust the team's judgment when they welcomed him back into the clubhouse and Ozuna mm. seemed to apologise. Like we always talk about trusting Brian Snitker and, and, and Lord knows I haven't before and he seems happy enough. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there are some fans that are, I don't want to say hung up on it. It's not the right word. I think there are some fans that are still kind of wary of that and mentioning that. Um, but I think like the more on-field question was more quite how well he'd perform having been away for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, played a bit of winter ball last year after having come back. Um, but no one was really sure where he was gonna be. And the answer so far seems to be he he looks all right. Like, you know, he's he he slotted back into that cleanup slot spot. His swing seems to have got even more uncoordinated than before. <laughs> like 
you know, he, he seems to be trying to hit everything like right down the uh, the first baseline, whether it goes down there or not. Like, you know, it's, it's really odd, but he's producing like a DH. He's producing like, you know, not quite 2020 levels, mm. producing like the guy the Braves signed him for. Um, and yeah, like while there are problems with the lineup behind him, um, you know, while Matt Olsen is... You know, something silly like Matt Olson uh, a couple of days ago had like four plate appearances with runners on base or something like that, or runner mm-hmm. in scoring position. Yeah, stupid. Um, and so like the line at least every bit of production it can get, and Azuna so far at least has been very good. As for his fielding situation, he's DHing tonight. Um, uh, I don't quite. I'm not quite sure. I don't know whether they wanted to keep the DH spot open when Acuna came back. And so they thought, well, let's put Azuna in the outfield so we can use him. Believe it or not, he's not been the biggest of our defensive issues out there. It's kind of funny. We made it through August through October last year with like a patchwork outfield defense. It was all fine. And it's all been rubbish so far this year. But not specifically with Azuna. He's he's not been the biggest of our problems. Well, the the clear follow-up then is... What are the problems? Where are the pain points for the Braves right now? Uh, I think mainly Eddie Rosario. Like, yeah, you know, we talk about Marlins players. Like Adam Duvall's kind of been pretty good in center field. Mm. Um, no one's quite certain why uh, he's not playing tonight. But yeah, I, I think mainly it's been Rosario. Um, I'm trying to think who else has, has been out there. It's been him, Duvall, and Ozuna. And I think it's a case of like, Ozuna's been fine, but it's just, it's still Marcel Ozuna. Like, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're playing like a DH, a guy that, you know, isn't really a DH, isn't really a corner outfielder, and then a, a corner outfielder in center. There are always going to be issues. Tonight, though, the out the outfield is Orlando Arcia, Guillermo Heredia, and Travis Demerit. It, it, it's not quite how we envisaged two weeks into the season. I mean, I mean, if this was a triple A outfield, like you wouldn't bat an eyelid, right? And, exactly. and that's where we are. Honestly, at one point, I thought Lewis Brinson and Monte Harrison was going to be out there for the Braves of this one. This was, you know, it, uh, I, don't, I don't think we're that desperate. Let's say, oh, yeah, okay, uh, not not quite there yet for sure. It's funny though, Bob, because you've got um, you've you've got the Marlins, the Braves, and the Phillies seem to be adopting the same outfield method where you've got, you know, corner dudes playing center, DH is playing corner, and basically the, the NL East guys, apart from the Mets, because, you know, they've got Marte, Nimmo, and, you know, Canna, um, <laughs> you know, for the other three that I think are looking to press on, they've gone basically zero outfield is the method <laughs> in terms of defense and glove. Um, from a Marlins perspective, though, it hasn't been that bad. Jesus Sanchez has kind of flicked into center, and he's been serviceable, is how I well, describe it. it. It's been the other two, right? Hasn't, hasn't that been the problem? Well, the other two with the gloves haven't been too bad, but the offense has not been good. Like that's the you know, listen, Avi Garcia and and Soler, which you guys you know you guys know what Soler can do for sure. Um, they're in the lineup to add thump power, and really all they've added thus far has been grounders to third consistently like it has been a lot of ground balls consistently from them so yeah a bit of a concern for the fish there um but it's early it's early yeah. for sure i i, I like Solaire. i, I like the idea of resigning Solaire. i mean in part because the the home running game six might be mm. the the the, the, yeah, the best brace of over in the next kind of 50 years of baseball yeah. right yeah. um but i kind of liked him because it was like you know it would have been a comeback it was a guy that could have been a kind of third, fourth outfielder slash secondary DH and a guy that could have led off until Acuna came back. Mm. I saw him sign for the Marlins and I thought, 
Hmm. Like you know, I don't know the match is quite the same. This is a guy that's really only been good for like a year and then a couple of months last year. Yeah. Um, and then I saw he was leading off for the Marlins and thought, I don't think Mattingly's really got the message here. Like, like it's fine if you're leading off if you've got like Freddie Freeman behind you and Austin Riley and guys like that. Um, when it's you know some of the guys the Marlins are trotting out in their top three or four, I'm like, mm. but anyway, I saw the lineup last night and I'm assuming it's similar tonight. Um, it, it looked a lot more conventional. It's like, yeah, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah, lineup yet to be announced for the fish, but you're right. Uh, the the lineup yesterday, in my opinion, was the most balanced lineup they've put out there. They had they've had Soler effectively leading off most days. Jazz at the bottom of the lineup in the ninth spot, you know, and then flicking around in the seventh and eighth spot. Been playing around with Jazz. He's been the hottest hitter for the fish, and they pumped him up to lead off again. And um, there's been this big con- you know controversy for Jazz. Not controversy, but they've basically sat him against lefties, and that's just you know when he's the best hitter in the team and no one else is hitting, it's created a bit of a storm uh, for sure. But the Marlins this year are leaning more heavily in terms of, I think, the way Donnie's operating. It's, a, you know, using the analytics differently than maybe they have in the past. They were pinch hitting Jazz the other day in the sixth and everyone's losing their minds. It was, you know, Soler came in and grounded the first ball out. And everyone's losing their minds about that. But yeah, the lineup looked good yesterday. The balance was nice. But listen, the two main threats, Jazz Chisholm, Jesus Sanchez, two young studs. The rest of the lineup has been... In, a, in the main, pretty cold, to be honest with you, um, up and down. So if you keep those two dudes quiet, um, the Braves are definitely going to be in a lot of games here, I think. But um, let's um, let's talk about the pitching very shortly. Um, before we do that, uh, reminder that this episode is also brought to you by Bet Online and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Bob, where are we going to be starting today? You've mentioned uh, the lineups out for the Braves, but let's talk about the pitching because the matchups uh, that the Braves have announced their three. Uh, the Marlins have got their three too, so we know what we're going with. Kyle Wright looks like he's been on a stunning, stunning start of 2022. Um, what's is it real? The numbers look good, but is it real? I mean, I, I don't know how I can explain Kyle Wright more than it, it feels like it took pitching four and a third innings of one run ball in game four of a World Series to finally make him believe he can stick at a major league level. Like yeah. we've, we've had so many false dawns and Lord knows this might be another one. Um, but they, you know, they, they ran him in AAA last year. They worked him out again. They got him running for the postseason again. And we've seen that you know, rise and fall before. And then, yeah, pitches a, a, a winning performance. Didn't, didn't start that game, but I think, I think he followed, uh, followed on from, was it Dylan Lee? It was an opener, I think. Like the Kyle Wright game in game four. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, if you can pitch in that game, in that mm. scenario, in front of a full tourist park, in, in, a, in the most live game imaginable, you're probably going to be all right against the Padres on a random Saturday or the Marlins on a Friday night in Atlanta in April, right? You're probably going to be fine. Um, It's just, I think it's all about confidence with this guy. It's not that he's like this electric pitcher. It's just more trusting what he has and just attacking with what he has. And when he does that, 
it normally works. The problem we've had before was like, you know, he pitched against Chicago last year. And I think I tweeted before the game, you know, here, here's my guess at Carl Wright's stat line. And I wasn't far off. It was like three and a third, like three hits, four walks, two hit hit by hit batters, that kind of thing. And it was mm-hmm. it was pretty much that. It was just a, a whole load of whatever you like. Um, and my other joke about Carl Wright always was if you told me we had six different Carl Wrights and we just randomly sent one out for each inning. I wouldn't be surprised. He, he pitched like that. Like he, you know, Carl Wright would have this thing where, like, you, you know, like if it's a zero-zero game, I'm fine, but don't give me a three-run lead because suddenly it's all going to go to pot. Um, so it's all possible tonight. It's possible, but the first two games he's been really, really good. Um, and, and and what a boost it will be for the Braves who you know, went into the season with six pitches. Okay, I think they're going to tip back down to five now. Um, uh, pretty confident with their front three mm. for, for Wright to step up into that full spot. And, and and like I say, maybe it's, maybe like once you get through that World Series game, maybe it's like, well, this game isn't that important. And, and, and Lord knows it's good news for the Braves if, if, uh, if that's the case. For sure. And, you know, looking, if, if you're going to take into, uh, you know, ERAs and season records thus far and this early, Kyle Wright, 1-0 on a 1.64 ERA versus the second place rookie of the year from 2021, Trevor Rogers. Uh, are, you, are, you not, are you not mentioning his stats from this year, Pete? I'm just about to bring it out. Oh, okay, oh, all right, there we go. 0-2 oh, for Big Trev <laughs> with a 12.15 ERA. It has been a rough start for Trevor, blown up in his last outing. Against uh, the Phillies as well, against man. Against the Phillies. That's it. It's, He's got form for that. It also happened in 2020 against the Phils. They blew him up, and there was talk about tipping pitches in that game. Also talk about it happening again just last week. So I'm really intrigued to see what Trevor Rogers on the road in Atlanta, how he's going to bounce back. It's a really intriguing kind of subplot here, what Trevor can do. So, yeah, we'll we'll wait and see. It's It's an intriguing matchup. We yeah, just... and, and Rogers being a lefty is the reason the outfield for the Braves is so random today. That they're sitting Duval and Rosario is, is the is the other point. Yeah, but... I'm I'm kind of surprised they're sitting Duval against the lefty to be honest. But yeah, I don't know. I was... Oh yeah, that's true. No, Rosario makes sense. No, Duval, you should be lefty. Duval's not really hit anyone so far. To be fair. <laughs> um, Maybe Duval but... just said, "Listen, I'm just terrible against Trevor. Just sit me Could tonight. Be. I'm, I'm you know, he's too good for me. I don't um... know." <laughs> We go to Saturday, mate, and then you've got Ian Anderson rolling against Eliezer Hernandez. Eliezer's had one okay start, okay-ish, and then one really nice one against the Phils. Ian Anderson, um, one and one with a six, well, six plus, I guess, 6.48 ERA. So Ian Anderson, again, talking back to World Series runs and playoff runs last year, he was real nice in the post. I mean, he comes alive in the postseason. Maybe the regular season's not really for him, I don't know. The old, uh, the old, the old World Series no hitter. Uh, yeah, it uh, was a World Series no hitter with about five walks and two hit, hit batters, but, but really <laughs> Don't worry about them. No, I mean he, he had a pretty rough outing against against the Reds. Like, I mean, it, you know, his fastball was six inches above the zone, and he was spiking all of his off-speed stuff. And you know, even then, like it wasn't that bad. Who um, was it? Oh yeah, maybe it was five hundred runs and two and two. All right, that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, like I'm not worried about Ian Anderson. Like, no. you know, we. I think that's the point. I think that's the general theme of the Braves is that like we're all not that bothered at the moment because it's like it, it it matters in 
August and September, oh, right? That's the important bit. Like you need to, you know, Carl Wright was in AAA for four months last year, whatever it was. Anderson spent some time on the IL. Max Fried only started bothering in about July anyway. And then it all works. So, like at the moment, it's like almost like, well, no, like, don't like, save your best stuff. But if you can be at least a bit more competent, that would be helpful. For sure. All right, Bob, you're going to have to actually give me a full blown mm. uh, scouting report here on Elder, who's going on Sunday against Jesus Lazardo. So, uh, intrigued again on Lazardo. One sensational start, one mixed bag. Um, Elder going for the Braves. Who is this dude? What's what's he all about? Oh, the best Bryce in the division. Is that it? Um, <laughs> there we go. It, it's interesting. Like I, I pay what I would call like reasonable attention to the Braves minor league system. Not a lot. Elder was a name I first kind of heard last year. You're like, well, he's new. I think he was pitching in the, the, the lower half of the minors. And it was like, well, fine. You know, I'll, I'll keep tabs on him, etc. cetera. Um, and then... Yeah, I was kind of surprised that, you know, he, he got, got called up to make the start against Washington uh, last week, pitched really well against the Nats, um, you know, and then he went to San Diego and it wasn't quite there, like five walks is not ideal, but mm-hmm. even then kind of stayed in the game. And again, like uh, whether this is a guy that's going to stick, we don't know, but the Braves were always going to be in a position where they were trying to patch some things together. And we've seen before with guys like Wascarinoa last year, sometimes it, I don't want to call him the flavor of the month, yep. but sometimes guys are just on it for a bit. And like, in my mind at the moment, like I, I treat every start as like a, a stepping stone. It's like, well, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Like if he gets blown up, he's probably getting set down. It, it, yeah. It's kind of the point, right? Yeah. But every start where he doesn't probably gets him another start. And that's probably where we're at right now. Didn't quite, have a control against the Padres but look really good against the Nats um, and like I say like you know that there aren't the Marlins offense is okay but like if you want to be a major league pitcher this is the kind of offense you need to look at and go okay you know th- this is this is what I need to be doing well against 100% I mean yeah the, the, I think you're probably being a little bit generous there the Marlins offense <laughs> is okay but you know what podcast you're on so I'll you know I'll, I'll take that but <laughs> I, know, I know my audience <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, a couple of final ones before I let you get out of here. Talked about the bullpen, though. I did see, uh, obviously, Sean, Sean Newcomb was DFA'd, I think, the other day. That was a bit of a you know a patchy relief appearance. Maybe he'd had a couple of patchy ones. He was DFA'd. Um, Tukey was recalled, I believe, right? Tukey was back in the mix. So what's he, going on? He's, oh, gone, he sent down? he's gone already. So he's basically, <laughs> like the... The, the, the Sean Newcomb ride, I mean, like, it's weird. I started following the Braves in 2017, and Sean Newcomb was one of the, you know, him and Matt Adams are the, the two first major transactions I ever remember. I mean, okay, Adams, Adams was a trade, Newcomb was a call-up, and, like, you know, he's a guy that can throw him into high 90s, he's a lefty. There's always the thought that, you know, he can start, and we've tried, and we've tried, and we've tried, and we tried in the bullpen, and he was really good in the bullpen in 2019, and then he wasn't. Uh, I think it's just gut you run out of time and and like you know i think newcomb's gone to the cubs i think the cubs play the braves next week i might be wrong but i think they play them soon um 
And it's like, I would not be surprised if Nukem comes, starts against the Braves and pitches like seven innings. Um, <laughs> this is a guy that went 8.1 innings of a no-hitter against, I think it was the Dodgers a couple of years back in 2019. Um, just ran out of chances. Um, like he never quite stuck as a starter and he, you feel like he should have stuck as a reliever. But then again, the Braves have got so many good lefties. Like that's mm. not a thing for him. So Nukem's been traded to the Cubs. Jesse Chavez is back. Here's hello from you know. There's a there's a World Series guy that we uh, we thought we'd be welcoming next week, but not on our own team. Um, and yeah, the the weird thing is, is that so far of the games the Braves have brought one and lost, not many of them have been particularly close. No. So for all these thoughts of you know Smith and Jansen and and Matzek and okay, Luke Jackson's um, had Tommy John, so we're not going to see him until next year. Kirby Yates might be back in the second half of the season. Uh, have I forgetting anyone? I'm sure I am. Minter was the other one as well. Um, yeah, there's Colin McHugh. Like that, you've got all these bullpen arms. Mm. We haven't had many situations where it's like okay. Okay, this is a close one-one game. Yeah. They've been up by five or down by five. Snitkin manages these games in weird ways, but yeah, the, the bullpen's there. But again, feels like the same thing with the pitching. I'm not really bothered now. Like, like, I need you guys ready in August. Like, that's when I need you guys to to, to start mobilizing. And okay, you can't you can't switch off at the moment. But it's like. Even if Kenley Jansen struggles or Will Smith struggles, just keep yourselves, you know. Keep every game in front of you. Keep yourself ready. And then when we need you in the second half of the season, that's when we need you to be good. So, yeah. Like, I mean, do you want more close games? I mean, I guess you'd rather be ahead in a close game than behind. Mm. Um, but I'm not too worried about the bullpen so far. But they haven't really had much to do. Okay. Well, one final question, and we will get out of here. And it's, I feel like, the perfect one for you, Bob. Um, the, the Mets are currently four games up in the mm-hmm. division. How worried are you about these uh, New York Mets this year? Um, I, I mean, every year slightly more worried, but I was slightly more worried about them last year and the wheels came off in June. Uh, they do look quite good at the moment. But again, the the, the, the postseason qualifications change. Mm. Like, the Mets can run away with the division. You can you can play for second place if that's what it comes to and not really lose out. Four of the six teams that make the playoffs in the NL are going to go into that best of three wildcard game anyway, if I remember yeah. it rightly. Yeah. Um, and so... Like okay, if the Mets win 105 games, well, it's it's not like we're playing for a wild card spot anymore. We are, but the spot mm. you're playing for is that yeah, the, the the spot you might have got you won the division anyway, and you still got a best of three series to get through to the same spot anyway. But not hugely concerned. Um, I mean, it's going it, it's going pretty well. But again, like the, the the point is never whether they will fail. The point is how funny will it be when they do, and then being like ridiculously good for two months, and then slowly finding a way to fall off a cliff. It's not kind of a storyline we, we we've had properly. Not like this good anyway. Um, but no, I'm not that worried. Would it surprise me if they won the division? No, but I think it will be funny when they don't. <laughs> well summarized. Um, Bob, we are bang out of time here, which is unsurprising. Bob, remind everyone where they can follow you on Twitter if they want to come and uh, engage through this engage, series or beyond. Engage, argue, and all the above uh, at Braves in the UK. There we go. See UK flavor here on Locked on Marlins. Uh, that is us out of here. Peter Pratt, Bob Bamba, done on Friday's edition of Locked on Marlins. It's pre game. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. And I will be back on Monday, ideally with a Marlin sweep in the bag. We'll wait and see on that one. Bob's eyebrows are which, up. Which way is that? Is, is, are they losing or winning? Unconfirmed on that okay, one. Okay, all right. <laughs>
There could be a broom. Not sure which way. <laughs> um, we'll be back Monday, and uh, the Marlins will be gearing up for, well, I think a series. Who are the Marlins playing next week? I've, I've completely lost track of who we've got. Either way, it's, it's baseball. Who cares? Like, like, take it a week at a time. This is it. This is the one thing I've realised, Bob. You are seriously relaxed here, uh, for sure, in terms of like, this early look, season. You're going to watch the game on Sunday, and they're going to tell you who you're playing next week, and that's fine. That's it. Go. Like, you don't. It doesn't matter, right? It could be. We just play the Dodgers. Who cares? We've got the Nats anyway coming up, so mm-hmm. that's going to be nice. So, if we can get actually, if the Marlins can get a, a decent run, I mean, going off on a tangent here, I was trying to wrap up, but if the Marlins can can at least nick this series two one and then go into a, a series against the Nats and try and get themselves above 500. I think that'd be a big statement. The Marlins, uh, they've been struggling to get get to that 500 mark and above. That is for you, sure. You and the Phillies locked in false optimism, let's say Absolutely. That. <laughs> Nailed on. We've already hammered the fills, so that's uh, been a, a pleasurable part of the season. That is us done. We're finally done. There could be a sweep this weekend. Not sure which way. In the meantime, guys, sit back, relax, enjoy this one, and back Monday.